Wow. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. Oh, I just hurt my hand. I sneezed and I hit my hand on the desk and you were dancing. It was all, it's all weird. Hey, Mark. G'day, Jared. I'm fatigued. Perhaps that's what it is. I get to about 8.30 after being up at 4.30 and mm. just start to get a little bit tired. Need some brekkie. Need some sugar in the system. Yeah, I know. Well, it's weird. We don't really see you after 8.30. So you, you do get fatigued, though. Um, we had a big show today, by the way. Carl Gallagher joined us. Uh, from the Adelaide Football Club, Darcy Ben-Jones from Port Adelaide. Top five Adelaide Oval moments, top 10 AFL players. Big show, lots of content. Have a listen. Um, I've got an issue. What is it? So I found the on my um, app, we love McDonald's, let's be mm. honest. We love McDonald's. I've got the My Maccas app. So have I. So I get a coffee each morning driving into Studio Lumo. Yep. And I feel there's a flaw in the system. There's a flaw. Yes, because I order it before I leave. Yep, that's what they want you to do. They want you to do that, right? Yep. And then you rock up and you pick it up. Like in the ads, you go through drive through put your hand out the window and the coffee's ready to go. Yeah. But the app doesn't let you process the order until you're at the drive through So you actually rock up and you say, this is my order. Then they process it. So what's the difference? Yeah, I would have thought. You go on the app. Yep. You type in which store. Which store do you go to? Uh, it varies between the Port Adelaide McDonald's, the one well, in Woodville, or the city one. Let's say Woodville. Yeah. We'll take the middle ground. Wow, there's three on my commute. That's crazy. So you go on the app. You hit Woodville. Yep. You hit what coffee do you have? A sort of oat latte with a twisted lemon, like some sort Spot of- on. Yep. <laughs> I would have thought it just got shot through. Yep. They're making it, and you arrive- it's there, and you say, "I'm the, I'm the, uh, the oat latte with a twist." I'm the guy. Here's my got... code that you get when yeah. you put it in. Where is it? Boom. Doesn't happen. So instead, what happens? I watch the staff take ten minutes to make one oh, coffee when there's no one else there at four thirty in the morning. Like well, I might as well just make it myself. And that's the, what's the difference between stopping at the drive? That's what I mean. It's just ridiculous. Like, I mean, we love McDonald's. Well, and we do. And But like, get better! <laughs> no. And it's not like they don't know what they're doing. No. They're, they've actually, you know, they've got this sort of caper fairly well sewn up over the journey. Yeah. Much more successful than you and I, but just adding, a little, giving a little bit of feedback. No, no. Yeah, I'm going to test them again tomorrow. Mm. I'm on the rewards, McDonald's rewards. Get a free You take your family through a fair bit though, don't you? The boys, the lads, like, the, of course. Well, what happens is... Somehow, I don't know, I've got the app on my phone, but, you know, as your kids get to 12 and 14 or 15, they've got their own bank account with a little bit of money in it that we put in there, so they go and do their thing. But somehow the rewards keep clocking up on the app on my phone. Yeah, you're not going to tell them, are you? You're going to yell that guy. <laughs> so I'm just dripping in there. And- Have you ever been to dinner with friends? This happened to me once where we're all going to go out to dinner and <laughs> once he went yeah, out with a friend. Just once, once didn't last very long. <laughs> okay. The friends brought a voucher so they could get discount on their meal. Oh dear, that's an awkward one. Have you done it? Two for one? No, no, not not that I can remember. I'm not saying that I've never done it, but not that I can remember. Yeah, it's an awkward thing. thing. Are you ready to go? You're packing up? No, no, no. I'm just just making sure my battery doesn't go flat on my iPad. Just yeah, you notice battery life changes a bit. Mm. Yeah. 
But have you done it? Did did someone go out with you and said, oh, yes, you pay for your meal and I've got a two for yes. one. So there's, there's I laughed free. at them. Like, come on, man. Shopper docket? No. No, just. Maybe they got one of those. You know, remember the, all the goes, you got those booklets and you used to tear yes. out. That's the entertainment booklet. Entertainment booklet, yeah. yeah. You would have had one of them. No. I, I haven't lived much. I just live for radio. <laughs> so I enjoy the podcast. I'm fatigued. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Two minutes past six. Good morning. Wednesday, 28th of Feb. Normally, we would say it's the last day of the month, but funnily enough, it's a leap year, one day to go. It's a hot one as well. We'll get to that in a moment. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Thanks to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Mark Bickley, as I say, good morning to you. Um, it's important that I address the elephant in the room. I'm fatigued. Ooh, you say you should be. You're out at Pink. You were you were emceeing the Pink concert last night. I tell you what, I said a combined 15 words mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. prior to the DJ going on stage and at the conclusion of the concert, alcohol cannot be brought in or removed from Adelaide Oval. Please respect our neighbours in a quiet and orderly manner. Thanks for coming. See you next time. Um, so I had to book in the concert. I'm still in awe about what I saw last night at Pink. There's a lot of people that are still awake walking past Shidio Lumo at the moment. Um, a few people hanging out at the pubs at four o'clock this morning. Clearly had a good night. Mate, it was epic. Do you want me to take you through this? I mean, I guess we're a sports show, but we've got to talk about Adelaide. Can you just drop the weather on us to start off well, with? Well, this is what I was having a look at. It's currently 32.2 degrees, but mm. as I was driving in this morning, it was 34.1 degrees. It's disgusting. At 4.50. Now, I'm not even going to mention that the, um, the Weather Bureau had a maximum for us today of 33, which has been eclipsed. But they get it wrong a bit. Um, oh, jeepers. That's a real solid attack at three yeah. minutes past six in anyway, the morning. Anyway, uh, so if if you feel a little bit uh, disheveled this morning, if you feel oh. like you've tossed and turned uh, and uh, haven't slept all that well, there's probably a good reason for that if, if you haven't been fortunate enough to have a giant, great, big air conditioner in your bedroom. 50, 56,000 people there at Adelaide Oval last night. They would have been sweltering. Well, also... The main act was. I can feel my own body heat, so I can only imagine the heat that you are all feeling from each other right now. This uh, was pink yesterday. It was amazing to watch. So I arrived. You sweated up last night. Uh, you would have been in some air conditioned box or something, wouldn't you? Like the the comms box or something. I had an important job to do in case of an emergency. Someone needed to run to the microphone and say. Get no, in case of an emergency, you will hear a distinctive beep beep tone. Um, so, it sounded like the roadrunner then. <laughs> um, that'd, that'd be me running out of there. <laughs> I arrived yesterday at uh, about four o'clock. Lineup was ridiculous. Mm. So, the way that it was structured, that there was going to be um, a DJ, then Tones and I, who sings that song yeah. Dance Monkey. Yeah, she sings lots of great songs. Yep. And then um, Pink would come on stage. Mm. So people were 
so, so hot and I felt so bad for them. And I put myself in a position of a parent going, I'm going to bring my daughter to the concert who wanted to see it. It would have been really, really challenging. It got to the point where Tones and I came on stage and she introduced her new song. She said, I'm going to play my new song for you. 15 seconds in, she stopped the song. The song stopped for a minimum five minutes because someone at the front of the crowd had uh, collapsed. Got hot. So she stopped the whole set and made sure that the person was taken care of and um, escorted out of the kind of mosh pit area. So mm-hmm. that was really good mm-hmm. from her. Mm-hmm. Then continued. Um, then it was Pink's turn where people were throwing um, like items up for her to sign. She was signing them. Someone gave her Tim Tams. She opened them up. They're all melted. So she was licking melted Tim Tams. It started raining throughout the night too. It rained for a little bit at the concert. Oh, yeah, at all. Bizarre. So can I give you my two highlights of the pink concert? Yes, please. Because your eyes are glazing over you. I don't think you're a big pink fan. No, no, I'm a huge pink fan. Okay. I don't reckon you are. No, I'm not. Um, I like her, but not enough to move me to go and watch her in concert. Every song was a hit. She didn't play anything that was unfamiliar, which is fantastic. You know, sometimes people who have been doing it for 25 years, they'll go, come and check out our new stuff here. I'll play this for half an hour. And you go, no, mate, no, play your old stuff. Mm. Um, Play the good good ones. So you know the song, um, Color Me in Sunshine? Mm. She performs it with her daughter. Okay. She got her daughter on stage last night because she traveled here with her family. Have a listen. It's her daughter. Amazing. So I teared up because my my youngest daughter, Rain, mm. she couldn't go to the concert last right. night. She gave me a piece of paper to give to Pink. She asked if I did it. I told her that I gave it to a manager. Um, so that's going to go down really well. Mm. Um, the biggest noise of the night, and you'll love this. Yes. Pink covered a song. Who did she cover? She covered Four Non Blondes. Oh. Pretty epic. Great song. We got to the last moment, and this is the part that I was looking forward to. Because you know, Bix, I went to a pre-briefing, so I found out some of the inside stories mm. about what was going to happen. Yes, yes. So Pink was in the Crow's change room. Yes. Everyone else was at the other side of Adelaide Oval. So her and her family had the um, Crow's and Port change rooms all decked out. So no Port or Crow stuff, even though she held up a Port scarf on the stage, which is always going to happen. Like it's either the Port or the Crow's one, whoever throws up something first. Mm -hmm. She got a golf cart underneath Adelaide Oval where the East car park is, goes around the Eastern side, goes behind the old scoreboard and Mm -hmm. makes her way on there. Mm. The last song was her probably biggest pop hit, which is So What? I'll play it a little bit later. Mm. Um, She got connected up on a high wire and literally was being flung around to all corners of Adelaide Oval. So I was sitting at the the Riverbank stand-in. She was 10, 15 metres away from touching distance. She was coming over to people and, like, I've never seen anything Mm. like that before while she was singing. That's um that's been one of her traits. Yes, hasn't it? I w- I saw Pink at the entertainment centre, yep. and she did something similar, not similar as in going right out and around in a big stadium, but she definitely went up and down, and that's how yeah. she started her set. I reckon that that extreme was amazing. And look, I don't know if she says this at every concert. I'm sure she does. 
She she said, looking out at the venue, that Melbourne was the best city she's ever been in. Oh, no, she said sorry. Adelaide Oval. This is the most beautiful venue she has ever played at, um, and we should be mm. proud. And it mm. got me thinking. Yes. Before seven o'clock this morning, I'm going to list my top five Adelaide Oval moments. Okay. Pink features in there. She's moved into the top five. Mm. Have a think about it. If you have any suggestions. Just, can I ask a question? A bit of clarity. Absolutely. Can you? Is it sporting and sort of uh, pop music or is it, you know, do we just say, oh, look, we go to Adelaide Oval and we follow Port and the Crows? Well, and- you, if your ears weren't painted on, you would have heard me say that it has, it has just moved into my top five Adelaide Oval moments, okay. the concert. So it is whatever you want it to whatever be. You want it Mate, to you be. could have gone to the Christmas pageant in 2021 at Adelaide Oval mm. and gone, you know what? Top five. Because I've got a unique one. Yeah, well, hold on to it. I'm just I'm just going to say, I've got a unique one that's um, that you might find interesting. I will definitely find it interesting. I find everything you say interesting. 0427-154-166. Um, let us know your top Adelaide Oval Moments. Does the pink concert feature in there? Um, we have a massive show today, thanks to Tire Power Save. Big time on, on Falcon All-Terrain Tires. And, of course, please um, stay safe in this heat. It's disgusting. Do you reckon this is the last blast of heat? Uh, well, it's we've got one day of summer to go, but it does seem to be summer is a bit later mm. each year. So it wouldn't surprise me if we've got a little bit more. But, but that's, that's just... Calm down a little bit. It's um today's not going to be thirty four was the uh, the maximum today, and we're sitting on it now. It's going to get progressively cooler as the day goes on. I can remember growing up in Port Pirie where it was forty for about seven or eight days in a row most summers, and now we have one day of thirty eight, and it's a heat wave. Like just calm the farm. Get Taylor on. Can we? You're overreacting. <laughs> you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was. Hey, Mark Bickley, I'm glad you played this. As we take a breather and I have a Barocca, Taylor Swift wouldn't even carry Pink's bags. Oh, come on. Watching this last night, I'm like, Taylor, well done, mate. You play guitar and you sing Shake It Off. No. I'm glad that she didn't come to Adelaide. <laughs> They're different. Let's, let's not diminish either by comparing. See you, Taylor. They're just different. Get out of here. It's 12 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. Um, if you are interested in having a look at the newspaper today, I currently am on page two and having a look at Meet SA's Hottest Rigs. I'm looking for Mark Bickley at the moment. So have a look. We'll see if he features next. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au 17 minutes past six on SENSA, going for 33 degrees today. We're in Lumo, Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, and a massive thanks to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments on the show today. Adelaide's Carl Gallagher is going to join us, and also Port Adelaide's Darcy Byrne-Jones. We also have Quick Bix, and at 7 o'clock, Bix, you're going to talk us through your top 10 most important players in the AFL, best players in the yeah, AFL. best players. I think a lot of people have been doing that, particularly across the uh, the SEN station, and we're going to collate them and 
And there'll be a, I guess, when everyone puts them together, they'll come up with a definitive top 10, which is the average of everyone that uh, has um, put that list together. A lot of sports news floating around at the moment, but uh, the one big one is relating to the number one draft pick out of Western Australia. Um, well, he's in Western Australia now at Harley Reid. Tell us about this story. Well, first of all, I want you to have a listen to Oscar Allen. He was at the captain's day and he was asked about Harley Reid and how he's handling all the attention. He seems relatively unfazed by it all. Um, I think it's something he's probably had to learn to deal with over the last 24 months. At the end of the day, he's an 18-year-old young man um, and he's really good at footy, so we're just going to keep allowing him to express himself and there's no real repercussions for, for on-field stuff. You just got to keep getting better as a, as a footballer and, and keep growing up as a man as well. There you go. So there's been a lot of attention on Harley Reid in WA. Um, People are saying he's been on the, the back page uh, quite frequently, even though he's yet to play an AFL game. There's an interesting story that has come out, though, which is Peter Sumich, who is a, a you know Hall of Fame mm. uh, AFL uh, goal kicker with the West Coast Eagles, two-time premiership player. He's a, he's a regular writer in the Western Australian. He wanted to write an article on Harley Reid. Have a listen to what happened. I wrote this article on Harley Reid and because the West has been pumping this kid up <laughs> Unbelievably, and I, I, I actually feel for the kid. I, I thought to myself, come on, he, he, 40 days of writing Monday to Friday, and I reckon 30 days would have been him on the back page. And <laughs> I thought, geez, the ball hasn't even bounced yet. And and what I've seen of the kid, I, I thought, and they were comparing him to Chris Judd, and, and I, you know, I, I wrote the story about he's no Chris Judd. Still got a bit to learn. He's still got a little bit of puppy fat. He's a country boy uh, on him. He's got to work through that over the first two years of pre-seasons and get fully fit and all that type of stuff. And the West knocked it back. And I says, all right, well, that's the case. I'm out of here. If I'm going to get told, you know, what to do in that sense or, or not allowed to put certain things in, which I didn't think was over the top. So I thought, nah, I'll um, give it a miss. So Bix, let me get this straight. He has written an article which could come across as uh, critical of Harley. Mm. It's not all glowing and positive. I I think he was saying, let's just pump the brakes a bit. He's being realistic. He hasn't played a game yet. He's being compared to Chris Judd, who uh, won a couple of Brownlow medals and a couple of premierships. And the newspaper said, nope. Nope, we're not printing that. If you're going to write that rubbish about... So it's like you writing an article about Dan Curtin saying that just take your time. You've seen how long Riley Philthorpe's taken to Mm -hmm. develop. Um, Look, be patient. He may not work out. And then the advertiser saying... No, Mark, we're no. not putting that out there. No. We've got to support this guy. Yeah, that's it. So it's to me, it's a little bit dangerous because it creates a bubble-like scenario mm. where we're only going to print positive stuff about this guy to start with. And I promise you what will happen if after five rounds he hasn't played all that well or he gets, you know, like most young players do, they're up and down a little bit in their first year. The next thing will be, What's wrong with Harley? Why isn't he good? The Eagles stuffed up because they should have traded three first-round draft picks for him. It's a, they create it and then they prick it and yeah. the bubble bursts. And, and I just, you know, like, I like the fact that there's light and shade because it gives a little bit of balance to a young man where if he does start to believe the media and then someone does write, hey, he's still got a bit of work to do. It does give him a little bit of levity, but all positive or all negative, I don't think he's great. 
And I don't reckon the uh, the Western Australian did himself a great service. There. You can text the show today, 0427-154-166. You go in the running to win the Signet Boost Power Bank. Um, this was Dracos who said, late last year I bagged weather forecasters to you. Week later, storms, karma hit, five-hour blackout, flooded driveway, branches down. Weather forecasters do a fantastic job. And Costa said, no one in my family, three daughters and a wife, were even remotely interested in going to pink. My mother-in-law went, though, enough said. That's good feedback. Mm. Thanks for your text, Costa. It's SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. 27 minutes past six. Happy Wednesday to you, the 28th of Feb. If you are one of those people celebrating your birthday today because you were born. Well, essentially tomorrow on the 29th, hopefully you have a happy birthday. Have you decided, Bix, are you a, a 28th celebrator or a 1st of March celebrator? I, I think I landed yesterday on the 1st of March because you were, I think of it pragmatically and think you were born the day after the 28th yep. of February. Yeah, fair call. Fair call. We are here thanks to Tire Power Save Big Time on Falcon All-Terrain Tires, and we are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. If you are listening on the app, you can have a look inside Studio Lumo. You can see what we are both wearing today. We've both almost couples dressed today, both wearing greyish kind of T-shirts. You've got your uh, 36s. Champions T-shirt on. Just remembering the good old days. That's an old one. Isn't it? <laughs> very, very nostalgic. Um, you can also press a button on the app and send us a text or call us directly. As we said, you go straight into the running to win that um, Signet Boost Power Bank. Looking forward to not just chatting to DBJ today from Port Adelaide, but Carl Gallagher. I actually met him yesterday, Bix. I know you were at West Lakes for a mm-hmm. bit as well. Um, really impressive young man that's just taken a leap of faith, ultimately to come over here and follow in the footsteps of a, a lot of um, incredible Irish footballers. And um, it would be a really unique experience. Yeah. And, uh, and challenging too. Like imagine I'm trying to think of other comparisons. Imagine, uh, I know some Australian footballers go over and play in the NFL, but it's a very niche thing when you have to come to a whole different elite sport and try and pick up all the skills. Very, very difficult. And what was funny, I asked him yesterday, and I don't think we should ask him today. I just genuinely said, what do you like doing? And he said he likes watching um, Gaelic football and he likes drinking in the off-season. Yeah. Which is fair enough. That's what the Irish are famous for. I know, for but it's just very stereotypical, which is all good. <laughs> He's a great lad. If you've got any questions you want us to ask on uh, your behalf, please send them through 0427 And next, Bix, after the Pink concert last night, she's crept into my top five Adelaide Oval moments of all time. Mm. I'm going to reveal them straight after the news. You can add to the list as well. It's SEN. Good morning. Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Warm one this morning. We are going for a top of 33 degrees. We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Bix, you're not a weather update kind of guy, but I feel like this morning this is. Right in your wheelhouse because it is warm. I opened my front door this morning and went, Jesus! It was so hot at about 4.30. What, what is happening here? Was that your kind of response? Well, um, yes, because it hit me in the face. It was 34 degrees. 
It's it's dropping dramatically though. It's only twenty six point eight degrees now. So at four, yeah, but it's six thirty in the morning. Oh no, but at four thirty in the morning, it was thirty four degrees. So we've dropped almost well, it's twenty six point eight. So we've dropped seven degrees in the last hour and a half. So um, yeah, that's it's pretty good, and it's only going to get cooler as well. So. Uh, we've probably reached our maximum for the day, which is 33, and we're going to aim for a minimum of 24. Whoa. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. after the comments made from Peter Sumich. In regards to the Western Australian, who basically said, uh, we don't need that negative article about Harley Reid, so we're not going to print that. And Peter Sumich said, all right, well, I'm not going to be part of this organisation anymore and contribute to the paper. A text, Alan from Alberton says, morning, boys. Bix, regarding your comments about the West Australian paper, perhaps someone should pass that on to the advertiser and Channel 7. They may actually pick up a few more readers or viewers, possibly 64,000 or whatever the port membership numbers are. So I guess Alan's saying that maybe there's a few negative skewed Port Adelaide articles in there? In the paper and on Channel 7. Mm. Okay, mm. fair enough. Um, 7 o'clock. I, I must, I haven't noticed it. Yeah. When they, uh, when they won 13 in a row, I don't think there was a lot of negativity, was there? No, I don't think so. I feel there was um, a sense of comfort when Rooch was writing more for the advertiser mm. because he was someone that I think you knew was going to be well, I should say balance, but Rich was very pro Port Adelaide as well. But he also challenged Port Adelaide, and he still well, does now. I think he also. I think most people thought they had a vendetta against Adelaide as well. Vice versa. I mean, Vicky Verka. Pardon? Vicky Verka. Who's that? That's vice versa. Is it? Mm. You're going to do a list at seven o'clock this morning. <laughs> your top ten players in the AFL. I'm going to do this early. Senesa breakfast top five. Okay, so the Pink concert last night got me thinking, and I walked out of the venue struggling to get any sort of internet signal, trying to take a photo of everybody leaving the venue. Bix, last night was absolutely incredible for those people who went to the Pink concert. Yep. My goodness, for those people who didn't go, who are saying, I'd never go. No, you're lying. You're kidding yourself. Um, so here we go. Okay, far away. Top five Adelaide Oval moments. Can I give some apologies? Five, go. Um, the 2022 Sandful Grand Final was an amazing game mm, of football. Norwood. This is the Norwood North one, Matt Panos kicking that goal. Um, it was the reason why it's an apology is because everything that was wonderful about local football was there. And it was probably also the first real post COVID Sandful Grand Final. So it felt like things were getting back to normal. That's an apology. Okay. The other apology is the India-Pakistan 2015 World Cup opener. Cricket World Cup. Mm. Amazing. Sold out crowd, beautiful sunset, really showcasing Adelaide Oval for what it was. Yep. Um, another apology, last apology. Travis Head, New Year's Eve, six for the strikers. Yep. Doesn't make the top five. Mm. Number five. In my top five... Adelaide Oval moments, this. 38 seconds, and it goes Adelaide's way, but they're ready. Howard pumps it in. They've got the out number. They all crash down. Flashpoint. Stevie Modloff, what a time! He is floating on air now! Stevie Modloff 
So from a, a Port Adelaide perspective, this is your Jordan Dawson moment, right? So this is um, Stephen Motlop. And I remember exactly where I was at Adelaide Oval at this point. I was standing in the race where the cricketers walked down. So at the western side of Adelaide Oval. Yep. And at this point, I was preparing to do the post-match presentation where I would need to announce who won the showdown medal. And I had written a Crows player down because I thought the Crows were going to win at this point. Then I had to cross it off, fill it in with another player's name because of the way that everything changed. Um, That was an amazing sense of emotion. Um, A big play, Stevie Motlop, showdown goal, showdown 44, 2018. Happy with that? Well, how could you argue? That's a great great, moment. Great games, those showdowns. Number four in uh, my all time top five Adelaide Oval moments was back in 13-14 with a half-constructed Adelaide Oval. And we saw a man with a handlebar moustache by the name of Mitchell Johnson tear England apart. Knocks him over with pace, real pace, right through the England captain. What a start for the Aussies. That's an absolute beauty. That, that, That hinted like it was coming in to Alistair Cook and then went away off the scene. What a delivery. What a start. England won for nine. So there was so much riding on that series and also so much pressure around Mitchell Johnson. The Barmy Army were having a crack at him. And I just remember watching that. Um, that was amazing. Did you ever go to those any of those test matches there? Or the uh, test match during that series? I think I, I, I sort of go for a day, like yeah. most of us, but not there every day like you are. So you get absorbed in it. That was number four. Number three in my top five Adelaide Oval moments. Going to take you back to 2014. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, yes, as a Port Adelaide supporter, it was great. But for football in South Australia, the first showdown Adelaide Oval. So the thing about this is no one really expected this song to play. No one expected Rudimentals not giving in to play. The vibe pre-match, and yes, there was a majority of Port Adelaide supporters, Port Adelaide home game. It was really, really special. Got a little gift package there, didn't they? Yep. 30,000 T-shirts. What was your thoughts on that day, Bix, apart from the result? Did you feel it was special? Well, you could have given me 100 guesses, and I wouldn't have come up with that one. All right. Good. No, I like, no, 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 I like no. It. I'm just saying I, that didn't instantly jump into my mind, right? Because it's not the Crows' home game. Um, I, I couldn't. If you had to ask me, how did that whole thing come about? Wasn't that a, at Footy Park first? Nope. No. That the never tear us apart and not giving in was first showcased at Adelaide Oval out of nowhere, right. apart from a select few well, group of people. Isn't it interesting how your brain plays tricks on you. Yeah. I can. I thought that at, um, at Footy Park used to hold the scarves up and do that sort of stuff. Nope. Mm, there you go. Number two on my Adelaide Oval all-time top five moments. Pink. <laughs> on the flywire last night, flying round. Everything was spectacular about it last night. She's been performing for 25 years and she said, you know what, there's people who are bringing their kids here who mm. used to come as kids. And I just I just loved everything about it. I was really sad I couldn't take my daughter. Um, 
And I just, it was like a really nice family occasion as well. You, you showed me some vision of her and she was going all around on the yeah. highway, singing that song, spinning upside down, inside out. Did that affect her vocals? Did like, cause I'm guessing when you, she's zooming forward, back, sideways, upside down, inside, outside. <clears throat> how, how do you sing a song while you're doing that? I would suggest there's some very creative sound technicians that would have a backing track and they would bring up Pink's microphone when necessary. So I think there's a safety net as if she's struggling to breathe mm. and at the end of the song, you could hear them turn the fader up because she was going, <gasps> so I reckon there was um, a little bit of creative control no, it's, there, it's but it's, it's pretty epic to be able to do part that. part of the performance, isn't it? What's the number one? The number one. All-time Adelaide Oval moment for myself, personally, 2015-16 Adelaide United. This is a real opportunity. It's going to be Isaias. Oh, Isaias, the Spaniard. Si, senor. Si. Si. <laughs> Two goals to the good Adelaide. Celebrating their 20th anniversary uh, in 2024, it was such a wonderful day. My voice broke in front of 50,000 people. I was there as well, by the way. It, it was how epic, good, right? How good was Simon Hill, by the way, that commentary? Yeah, it was. And I that will never be replicated again mm. in that form, ever. Mm. So to have that one-off, we are such a festival and event city. Um, similarly to the AFLW Grand Final where Adelaide Oval just packed out. It was Incredible. Um, mm. So there's my top five. I'll okay. quickly go through it again. Stephen Motlop, Showdown 44. The Ashes, 13-14. First Showdown 2014. Pink Concert, Adelaide United. Grand Final. Mark Bickley, go. I'll, I'll just give you quickly. One apology. I had a day at the cricket. I was invited by the um, uh, the sacker to spend the day in the members' room. And I spent, I reckon, two or three hours drinking beer with Rod Marsh and Dennis Lee while watching the cricket. Now, you That's reckon cool. that wasn't a day. Yeah. Just talking rubbish and asking them questions and all that it was just fabulous. But that didn't make the top five. Um, number five was Jordan Dawson. I think yep. that, that goal where it swung back looked like it was going to miss and then it didn't. Um, another footy one, number four, the Phil Walsh tribute match. Yeah. Uh, the showdown, Scott Thompson wins the uh, the showdown medal. The picture of Koshy and Rob Chapman in the race together. Number three was Billy Joel and Elton John played <sighs> a concert at Adelaide Oval in March 1998, um, which was memorable. Number two was the 2017 prelim final for mm -hmm. Crows fans getting back to the grand final. 20 years. No one thought it was going to take 20 years. To Who get was that against? Uh, Geelong. Yep. That was when Dangerfield and Dangerfield Sloan, Sloan That's right. squared off and looked like Rocky II, who was going to get up first. That's right. And this is a this is a very personal one, but my my most memorable moment, I played my first ever Sandful game for South Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. So that was in nineteen eighty nine. That was our home ground. We played at South South Adelaide played at Adelaide Oval ten times every year during the during the eighties. And there was probably 2,000 people there. But for me, that was like that moment where I felt like I'd made a country kid. Yeah. Dreamt about the uh, about the Sandfall, which was – Sandfall was huge back in the 
the late 70s, early 80s when I was growing up. And so to play my first game of Sanford footy at Adelaide Oval, that's my most memorable moment. I love that. And I love the personal touch on that as well. You've bookended that with some really nice personal things. So thank you, Bix. Um, a text from Costa, 0427154166. So Costa says, number five, round three showdown last year, the prison bar carry on before the game was painful and they got smashed. Four, Jordan Dawson shot after the siren. Three, Phil Walsh showdown. It had a different feel, a day of respect from both sides. Two, 17 prelim against Geelong. I mean, they're very similar to you. Number one, the Reds grand final. I never thought we would see 50,000 at a soccer match, let alone an A-League game. I was at, all one, I was at one of those. I won't forget. Um, Annie says, what, you couldn't get the ultimate tap by Ryder to grade a goal against St Kilda? It was between... Robbie Gray's goal and Stephen Motlop's goal. And I thought mm. the impact of a showdown was probably bigger. So um, keep the text coming in all time. Adelaide Oval moments, 0427154166. We are powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Bix, I've realized something this morning. In a few minutes, I am going to give Adelaide Crow supporters some of the happiest news that they have ever heard on SENSA Breakfast. Can't wait. I don't know what it is, but I'm 13 I'm, I'm minutes to seven. It's a big one, and you have bragging rights all day. Good morning. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Eight minutes to seven on SENSA Breakfast. We're in studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Shout out to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Bigs, we've just gone through. Our top five Adelaide Oval moments, um, because Pink last night made it into the top five for my own personal experience. I loved yours again. Can you quickly go through yours again? Just top line, top five. Um, Number five, Jordan Dawson kicking that goal after the siren. Number four was Phil Walsh, the tribute match. Number three was Billy Joel and Elton John playing in 1998. Number two was the 2017 prelim win against Geelong sending the Crows back to the MCG and grand final day. And number one was my first game for South Adelaide. We played West Torrens. And there was another bloke who um, debuted that day for West Torrens. His name was Wayne Wiedemann. Oh, Weed. Nearly killed me a couple of times. Weed was a brute when he first started. I'm glad you survived. Uh, A few Mm. texts coming in. Alex from Glam, still waiting for you to go in there. Um, (laughs) All-time favourite moment was standing uh, with the Liverpool fans singing You'll Never Walk Alone. Liverpool versus Adelaide United. I saw that day. Do you know yeah. who I stood alongside of? I stood alongside Archie Thompson and we watched that Never Walk Alone. We we um, I was there for some reason in the commentary. What a legend. Mm. Um, this is Costa who says, I forgot about the Michael Jackson concert when I was a kid. Have to fit that in. That's good. And Michael says he agrees with mine. Exactly the same apart from swapping pink with Michael Jackson. So that's very good. Now let's talk Adelaide. Um I'm going to hold on to the thing that will make the Adelaide Supporters Day. Just, well, just on, give me a couple of moments. tease and then not deliver. Just give me a couple of moments. We're talking Adelaide right now. And yesterday we heard from Tim Silvers, who yes. spoke about finals. It was a, an aggressive rebuild by our footy club. Like we, we, we cut really hard. We made some tough decisions and we've been able to stick to that plan for, for a long period of time. We felt we were really close to finals last year and we could have been a a goal kick or so, or so away. So we feel like we're doing a lot of the right things. And, um, yeah, we feel like this is the year that we want to really challenge for finals and um, put, a, put a bit of a stake in, it, in the ground. 
Hmm. So there you go. Uh, Tim Sewell was just talking about his expectations and how finals are on the agenda. Of course, the thing everyone wants to talk about at the moment is uh, Matthew Nix. There's discussions around when his contract will be extended. That was put to Tim. What I can say about Nix here that we've been part of this together with him as a footy club to commit to this rebuild. He's been there every step of the way. He's built a terrific culture. He's got a good team around him and the players have really bought in. So he's done a terrific job. Um, the contract is on the agenda for us and we're starting to have positive discussions around that. But there is no timeline. Mm, so there you go. Um, I think most people think that will happen. I don't know. Generally, these things tend to you know, hit the season with some momentum just before round one. You know, There's some sort of announcement often there. The timings are around that. Once you sit down and say, look, I'm sure Matthew Nix wants to be at Adelaide. I'm sure we just heard Tim Silver say, Adelaide want Matthew Nix. So it'll absolutely happen. They're just sort of... Does the when matter? Like, I've, I've been listening to a lot of opinions about this and I've, I've really enjoyed hearing both sides of the argument because it's so early in the season. So right now, there's no other coaching vacancies that Matthew Nix would walk into as a senior coach, right? So from the Crows' perspective... It's kind of safe there. And from a Matthew Nick's point of view, well, he's he's guaranteed to be coaching for the next 12 months. So really, the Crows have the Crows have the upper hand here, right? They can they can do what they like, but it's still a good it's a good show of faith and support if they do it early. And stability. And, and yes. the, as you you've heard the players are enjoying the environment. Like for me, the negotiation I think is is often around what's the exit clause? So I'll give you an example. Most standard contracts, um, at one stage, because clubs got burnt, Port Adelaide got burnt with Mark Williams and had to cut a check for 800000 or something like that. Don't quote me. Probably not right. But it's, it was a big number because he had a year to run of his contract. The AFL are saying, hang on a minute. We're pumping money into your club. You can't wipe your own face. And now you're having to pay out a coach. So what they, and, and this isn't just Port Adelaide, look at North Melbourne and Brisbane and other clubs that were on, for want of a better term, the welfare of the AFL, who are, the AFL are underwriting those clubs. And those clubs through poor decisions end up writing big checks out. So the AFL then said, we are having the standard coaching contract that's going to have, I'm not sure whether it was three months or six months. A payout clause. Yeah, I so think it's. I think it's six. It's now gone to six, but I reckon at one stage it was three. Okay, and so you could sign Matthew Nix for ten years if you wanted to. If you've got a six-month payout clause, that get get towards the end of the year and just pay out the six months. Um, so, so what then happened is some of the better coaches, you know, Alistair Clarkson or Chris Scott or something, said, "Hey, hey, I'm not your your stock standard coach. You want me to come and coach your club." Maybe more Alistair Clarkson because Chris Scott's been at Geelong forever. Um, or Paul Ruse coming back or something like that. I want this negotiated. I, if I'm going to have a four-year term, I want a 18-month payout mm. clause. Or a, you know. And so there's some of the things that, that clubs and, and um, managers of uh, coaches are trying to sort of build into those contracts some safeguards. Let's keep on listening to what Tim Silvers had to say. This is his thoughts on the Sam Powell Pepper incident, which I'm assuming we're going to find out tonight what his length of suspension is. I was disappointed for Keeney. He's he's had such a terrific pre-season. He's been outstanding in all the match simulation and then to uh, get knocked out in the first minute was 
pretty disappointing for him and his and his family and the footy club. But what what I do know is that concussion is a very serious in, issue in our game. Um, you know, with Angus Brayshaw. Uh, last week, and we've had Paul Seedsman. That um, I expect that the AFL will deal with these issues, not just for uh, Pow Pepper, but all players. And I'll be expecting um, they might set a precedent here, but I don't know what that looks like. Mm. And and that seems to be a common theme. John Ralph, one of the leading journalists in Melbourne, came out yesterday and said societal um, norms are changing around concussion. So the the length of suspensions will now reflect societal norms, you know, so it feels like there's a bit of a word that may be seeping out of AFL uh, head office that is suggesting that, that we have to increase the penalties for concussion because it is a challenging uh, area for our game. We will speak to Carl Gallagher from the Crows a little bit later on this morning. Bix, in a few moments time, we are going to hear your top 10 AFL players. Um, as we head into the news, it is going to be 33 degrees today. Lockie has suggested his top five Adelaide Oval moments. Uh, number one, 2017 prelim. Number two, Ashes, Mitchell Johnson. Number three, Phil Walsh showdown. Number four, Dawson goal. Number five, Port Prelim lost to the Bulldogs in 2022. <laughs> Did you want the awkward stat that will make Adelaide supporters day today. Okay. Yes, please. Cause this will only happen one time in the history of SENSA breakfast. All right, go today marks our 119th show. Can't believe you brought that up. Hey, I'm, I'm here just to, to talk into the big stick. Our 100. So what's the significance of that? Got to go to the news, SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. <laughs> Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Two minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. A warm one today as we are sitting in the comfortable studio, Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. But Mark Bigley, very uncomfortable for a lot of South Australians this morning. What were we waking up to weather-wise? Well, I was up at 4.30 and it was 34.4 degrees, if you can believe that. Uh, it's cooled down slightly now. We're up to, uh, I'll just check the uh, bomb. We are at right now 25.7. So, what's that? We've dropped nine degrees uh, since 4.30 this morning and it's only going to get cooler. So, the maximum was slated for 33 degrees today. So, we've already eclipsed that at 4.30 this morning. But... We've probably had it. I think now we're, we're sort of pushing back down and a bit of a, a cool change coming uh, in and we'll hang around for this afternoon. Matilda's wanting to qualify for the Paris Games tonight and lock that away against Uzbekistan. Um, yesterday was interesting to note that Mackenzie Arnold, the um, keeper shirts, mm-hmm. went on sale and they just went like hotcakes, which Final. is wonderful because it's yeah. rare that you actually have the keeper shirt for sale. I mentioned before the news bits on um, uh, our show Show number 119, so Crows fans would love that. 0427154166. Will has asked the question, how many good shows out of that 119 do you reckon? Probably couple. Mark Stevens. 19, you reckon? Uh, I think you're being unfair. I think you've performed quite well. That's not true. Yeah. No, I'm a sycophant. Um, I'm fatiguing today, though, so um, I'm going to play this intro, even though it's a top ten. I just like it. SENSA Breakfast Top Five. 
So what's this list all about, Vix, with I think eight days until the start of the 2024 AFL regular season? Yes, we've been asked to compile our top 10 AFL players. Of course, Robbo does it every year. He does his top 50 and we're critical. And so if you're going to be critical, you've actually got to sort of stamp your flag and you've got to make a list as well and say, this is who your top 10 are. So this is what I've gone with. Start, you want me to start at 10 or 1? Let's start at 10. Well, I'm pretty sure if you started at one, there's no point doing the other nine. Well, why not? People are interested. Anyway. No, I know that. But just build it up, mate. The suspense, the theatre of it all. Okay. I'll start with number 10. And and this guy is probably the the least known player in the top 10. His name is Sam Taylor, and he plays for the GWS Giants. He's an intercepting defender. Would have been the All-Australian centre-half back last year, but missed uh, six games in the middle of the year with a hamstring injury. But he was paramount to uh, the Giants' sort of run deep into September. So Sam Taylor, uh, number 10. Is this uh, the top 10 players in the AFL? So there's no caveat here. There's no category. It's your top 10 players. My top 10 players. And I've tried to pick. Some forwards and defenders. So Sam Taylor's a defender. I'm not just going to pick 10 midfielders, okay? So Sam Taylor, number 10. Number nine is Charlie Curnow. Charlie Curnow was the common medalist last year. He's the most dynamic forward in the competition. Just shaded Taylor Walker in that regard. But I think uh, Charlie's um, got a bit more upside. I think Charlie will keep getting better over the next couple of years. And I think this year uh, could and should be the, uh, the best forward in the competition. At number eight, I've got Lockie Neal. Just pure consistency, super professional. He's number one midfielder in arguably the best team in the competition this year. I'm going to tip uh, the, the Brisbane Lions to win the flag. So he's their premier midfielder. He's number eight. Number seven is Zach Butters. I just think he has been amazing. Last year when Port went on that run, he was just so dominant. He is such a barometer of the way Port Adelaide performs. So he's the seventh best player in the comp. The sixth best player is another giant, Tom Green. Mm. Tom Green is a big bodied mid. You cannot move him. He's so important to the giants, the way that he wins the ball and he feeds it out to their runners. I think he is going to surprise a lot of people this year. I think most people think he's, you know, in the top 20, but I've, I rate him, more highly than most. He was in their finals campaign last year, just pivotal. Like, I feel like during the season, not many people were talking about him and then it just built up, big crescendo, bang. Averages over 30 possessions a game. Averages probably eight or nine clearances a match. And maybe it's because I've watched him play Adelaide the last three years and I I think he's probably been their best player in all three of those games. So, whether it's just, every time I watch him, I think he's their best player. So, um, Mm. Or amongst the best. So he's number six. Number five is Errol Goulden. This is like, you know, on Countdown, they used to say with a bullet. You know, He wouldn't have been in my top 50 last year, but had such an amazing year um, and runs and kicks goals and uses the ball so well. A handful so, of the captains on Captain's Day picked him to win the brown line. Oh, look, absolutely. Well, it finished in the top half a dozen last year, I think you'll find. So if he continues to improve, he had a breakout season last year. Number four, a bit of the old guard, Christian Petrarca. I still think he's got so much to offer. He's that dynamic mid who goes forward. He kicks goals. He enjoys the big stage and the big moment. So he is the fourth best player. Toby Green from the Giants, just astounded by what he can do. Um, I reckon he won three to four games off his own boot last year. He is so 
dynamic and he is so intrinsic to, to what the Giants stand for. They get it inside their front half and he just finds a way to win it and score goals. So he's number the third best player in the competition. Number two is Nick Dacos. He's a star, plays anywhere. Um, I, I just keep waiting for him to trip up. He's just been, from the moment he walked through the door at Collingwood, he's been great. And even in last year's grand final, had some really influential moments on the big stage. And number one is um, my favourite player, Marcus Bontempelli, who just gets it done whenever and wherever. His team at times have let him down, but whenever he's asked to do something, he just finds a way to, to make it happen. And I just reckon he's... Yeah, just a great size, can play forward, kicks goals, does everything. So Marcus Bontempelli, for me, is the best player in the AFL right now. From 10 to 1, Mark Bickley goes Sam Taylor, Charlie Curnow, Lockie Neal, Zach Butters, Tom Green, Errol Goulden, Christian Petrarca, Toby Green, Nick Dacos, Marcus Bontempelli. Do you agree? Did he miss anyone out? 0427 Do you want, do you want my apologies? I had a list. Please. Darcy Moore, Jordan Degoe, Tom Stewart, Jeremy Cameron, Connor Rosie, Max Gorn, Paddy Cripps, and Taylor Walker. There you go. They're the ones that were the nearest misses. So you've got Taylor Walker in the top 20 Absolutely. best players in the AFL? Kicked 70 goals last year. Okay. He's the best forward in the highest scoring team in the competition. Um, let us know your thoughts. You can get a Signet Boost Power Bank. You can keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. I did mine a little bit differently, I think. So what did you do? Well, I looked at mine through a lens of the players that teams can least afford to lose. So when this player is playing, you know, the team is more than likely to win. And when they're not playing, the team will struggle. So I would put that under the banner of the most important players in the AFL to their team. So you can't have two players from the one team in your list. That would mean, uh, so you, I've got – well, I just realised then, I've got Tom Green, Toby Green, and Sam Taylor. Three yeah, you giants, love the Giants. We get it. Three Giants players. All right, so I'll go through mine. Mm. Most important players in the AFL. Oh, wouldn't it have been better if we did the same thing? But anyway, I'm happy to go. I did it. mine two weeks ago. You did yours today. No, I didn't. Don't don't set me up like that. Okay. Go. You're most important. Uh, number 10, Tom Stewart. When he doesn't play. Is your apology? When he doesn't play, it's very noticeable mm, for Geelong. Okay. All right. Um, number nine, Dustin Martin. Dusty? Yep. I thought he was yesterday's hero. You've got Taylor Walker in your top 20. Hmm. Number eight. Well, Taylor Walker's All-Australian last year. Caleb Sarong. Sarong, so right. <laughs> Try and think of something funny to every one of these, okay? Okay. okay. Number seven, Christian Petrarca. No, I can't think of any. Number six, Nick Dacos. Yep. Number six, mm-hmm. Nick Dacos. Number five, Jordan Dawson. Wow. Number four, Max Gorn. So how can Petrarca and Gorn be in the same same list? Number three, Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> Tom Stewart, Jeremy Cameron. You've done it again. Number two, Toby Green. <laughs> yeah. Number one, Marcus Bontempelli. Mm. So no Port Adelaide players in there? No. So when Zach Butters doesn't play, it doesn't matter? I think if Zach Butters doesn't play... Port Adelaide have the luxury of having the likes of Connor Rosie, Jason Horn Francis, Ollie Wines to have impact. Yes. Mm. Okay. Mm. It's got really frosty in here all of a sudden. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. Just thought we were giving our opinions, but that's um, absolutely fine. Oh, unbelievable! 
I might have to go to the email mm. that was sent to us that said, pick your top 10 players in the AFL. That would mean you would have to check your email, which we know doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm going to get it. I might post it. All right. Then... <laughs> it's 12 Just minutes past seven. Point. I just see you to say good morning. Firepower.com.au. 17 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Tyre Power, you can save big time on Falcon all-terrain tyres. Warm one today, 33 degrees we are going for. It was about 34 first thing this morning. Um, we're in Studio Lumo Energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. Carl Gallagher from the Crows joining us soon. And also Darcy Byrne-Jones from the Port Adelaide Football Club. You can have a look at Bix's top 10 AFL players on all of our socials now too. Just follow us at SENSA. Bix, as we have another brief look at the world of sport with our sports update, there was a little bit of sport last night because the was it the Community Shield or the Charity Shield or Char- whatever? Charity Shield. All the money was going to Food Bank. Good crowd last night at Icon Stadium, mm. the old Princess Park. Uh, Collingwood shaken off the cobwebs to cruise to a 30-point win over Richmond in the Amy Community Series. Compounding the highly inaccurate Tigers' woes was a quad injury to the bullocking Jack Graham, suffered in the final 30 seconds as chaos unfolded around him. It was an interesting finish. With ball in hand, there it is. Siren sounds on the first preseason game of 2024. And Billy Frampton and a big dust-up in the goal square, Piggers, as the ball bounced through. That'll be a goal! That's unbelievable! Billy Frampton launched a talk from 55. There was a scuffle on the goal line, so no one went for it, and it bounced straight through. Well, it was a dust-up over. I missed that. Everyone's in this dust-up. I didn't worry about the footy. And a late one to Billy Frampton. What happens when there's a dust-up, especially at the end of a game? Do, mm. The siren sounds. Do you just stop and you go, oh, no, we just got to stop now? Well, it's quite hard to disperse because normally you're sort of saying, go yeah. and listen to your coach or go and do this. Um, I thought the commentator got pretty excited considering it's a community series and Collingwood were already 10 goals in front. Oh, calm down. <laughs> no, this. Really? Uh, but, but anyway, Mason Cox was in it. Mason Cox was a little bit angry last night. There's a couple of scuffles that he found himself in, but he was right in the, the middle of it again. Um, he must be. I, I'm, I like Mason Cox. I like all his socials and stuff, but he must be a bit of a stirrer on the footy field. He always seems to be angry or people... He's a trash talker. People want to get in his face or have an argument with him. But He's he a was, baller. He's... um. I feel like he wants to bring a bit of NBA swag to the AFL, a bit mm. of trash talking. He'll run up after he kicks a goal and gets into his opponent. And then it's just, it's just big mace doing big mace things. Yeah, exactly. Um, on another track, uh, Crows veteran Rory Sloan revealed yesterday that he seriously contemplated retirement following his recent eye surgery. Sloan suffered a detached retina for the second time and is still yet to return to full contact training. He also revealed that he is likely to trial Mason Cox-style goggles when he returns. Yeah, sitting in the chair, getting needles in the eye. Um, absolutely, that moment I was like, never again. I'm not doing anything ever again. A little bit like torture. I trialled to Peristanis the other day just because uh, I had an appointment that morning and it was way too bright for me. So, I mean, I have mentioned the goggles. Um, something I'll certainly trial. So there you go. That, that's how close it is. Now, it's um, the retina is effectively uh, where it attaches to, at the back of your eye. That sort of, sort of diffuses all the, the light and sends the signal to the brain, which then gives you your vision. So if you keep detaching it, um, that means you, you end up with no vision. So that's pretty serious, and that would be one thing 
that would make you contemplate retirement, particularly when you're Roy Sloan, you've had a pretty illustrious career already. That's uh, that's a big thing to consider. What's changed between almost retiring and not retiring, though? Is that the goggles? Uh, I think what he's saying is when when they're jamming a needle in your eye and you're awake, and he described it's like torture. Mm. You're saying, do I really need this? Do I really want to go back and do this and potentially risk sort of my eye? So I think that's what he contemplated when he's in the chair. Well, let's hope we see him on the field very soon. It is 22 minutes past seven on SENSA. Uh, We are powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. 27 minutes past seven, SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. Our text line 0427154166. Mark Bickley's top 10 AFL players is now live on the socials. Follow us on Instagram or X and Twitter. They're all the same. Expect- At sixteen twenty nine SENSA, there should be some feedback. You're only going to say expecting a little bit of feedback. It's never, it's never going to be right, is it? But anyway, um, Daniel has sent us a text, and and he's given us your top ten. I'm guessing this is his expectation. Here it is: number ten, DBJ; number nine, Burton; JHF; Houston; Wines; Dixon; SPP; Marshall; Rosie Butters. So. Bit of Port Adelaide bias he's uh, suggesting there from you. It's not a bad top 10. I mean, Port Adelaide do have some expectations to feature in finals and hopefully win some in 2024. This is Connor Rosie talking about that. We've got um, some internal expectations that we want to win a premiership and if we get off to a strong start, which we'll be planning to do, then hopefully we'll be back up uh, at the top of the table again. He also had a bit to say about Mitch Georgiatis and the form that Mitch Georgiatis has been in um, gives the selectors a pretty challenging time when it comes to round one because you have Marshall, Georgiatis, Dixon, Lord, Mm. few choices. This is what Connor had to say, the skipper. He provides something just a little bit different that we probably don't have in our forward line. So it was great to see him have a really good hit out and um, I'm sure he'll be back on our side sooner rather than later. Mm. And young Tom Scully continues to impress as well. He's a big boy. Yeah, he was good again on Friday night. a handful of goals very quickly as well. Um, we still have uh, plenty of guests on SENSA Breakfast. Port Adelaide fans, DBJ joins us at 8 o'clock this morning and straight after the news... A new face at Westlakes by the name of Carl Gallagher. He joins a group of young Adelaide footballers that want to make their way into the side and show what they've got um, under Matthew Nix, where there's a lot of expectation for Adelaide to push into the finals in 2024. We'll see what Carl has to say. We love getting your calls. one 736 736 You can call us anytime. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Good morning. 730. For 33 degrees today. After the Pink concert last night, for those of you who weren't there, it was disgustingly hot. I I feel for everyone who went really early and lined up because they wanted to get to the front of the venue. This is Pink talking about body heat. I can feel my own body heat, so I can only imagine the heat that you are all feeling from each other right now. Uh. It was disgusting. Mm. Just back to the weather. Mm. So... 
this is this is where some of my um, I guess skepticism with the weather forecasters comes from. The max today was meant to be thirty three degrees. At four thirty this morning, it was thirty four point four. So they missed that. The minimum was twenty four degrees. So we've come down like ten degrees. And it's actually 24 degrees right now. So what we're saying is it's not going to get any colder for the day, but I think it probably will. So they've missed it to the top side and they missed it to the bottom side and it's 7.30 in the morning. Geez, they haven't left themselves much. What if Xavier Minicon is listening? Or Keith. Oh, jeepers. Chelsea or who else is there? Lots of weather. Amelia! (laughs) Okay, let's do this. All right, we're going to chat to Carl Gallagher in about 10 minutes' time, all right? We're going to do quick picks, and uh, today's a little bit different. Um, last week, Mark Bickley, we had my daughter, Rain, take yes. part in quick picks, and you got zero out of five. Mark, you loser. So um, today's edition is the tribunal edition, and <laughs> Rain isn't involved at all, okay? Good. She's got nothing to Thankfully, do with it. yeah. Um, so let's get into it. Um, it is five questions. You get... Uh, 10 seconds to answer your question, uh, you get one extension as well, okay? okay? Right. Here we go. It is the tribunal edition of Quick Bicks. Mark Bickley, good luck. Barry Hall played and won a premiership in 2015. Mm. This is controversial as he should have been suspended for collecting Matt Maguire. Yes. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Now, Matt Maguire played for both St Kilda and Brisbane. Who did he play more games for? I'm reasonably confident on this one. I think he played more games for St. Kilda. That would be correct. Mm. Well done. The Goose was his nickname. Yeah, it was. Question two. Goose Maguire. In 2003, Anthony Rocker was suspended for hitting a Port Adelaide player. Which player was that? 2003. 20 years ago, he hit a player. But this is a very noticeable suspension. No, I, I, I he didn't play in the grand final. In 2003, because he hit a Port Adelaide player in 2003. I'm guessing it might have been, uh, he was a forward, uh, was it Daryl Wakeland? No. Brendan Lade. Question three. Who is the most reported player in AFL-VFL history? I've narrowed it down to two. I think it's either David Rhys-Jones or Dermot Burton, but I'm going with Derm. This player was reported 25 times during his career. Yeah. And it's David Rhys-Jones. I got it down to, I got him in the Quinella. You did well. <laughs> Who has the record for the longest suspension in the AFL? Longest suspension. Don't use your extension here. Okay. But you can if you want. Um, think about this. Just think about this, okay? I want to help you out here. Just okay. think about it. Mm. It's after the year 2000. Mm. And I'll give you a clue. Oh, you know, I don't, I'm going to go with, you know, I don't want you to take any credit for this. I'm going to go with Greg Williams touching the umpire for nine weeks if it's after 2000. 
after 2000, Greg Williams touched the umpire, did he? Hmm. Did he? I thought it was in 2000 and something, something. Well, your Mason Cox swag has worked against you. Who was it? It was Alistair Lynch. He got 10 weeks because of the double loading in the grand final with Daryl Wakeland. But he was retired. He didn't have to serve him. He retired so he didn't have to serve no, them. He was already he'd announced that he got in... ten weeks, mate. No, okay. All right. Jeepers. You've even... come in real hot today. <laughs> I was only one off. Greg Williams got nine. But you got the player completely wrong. The one before that, you said, Yeah, at least I was one of the two. It was right. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to say, Hi, my name's Mark Bickley, and I got it wrong. Mm. Question five. Jason Cloak. Missed the 2002 grand final yep. due to striking Tyson Edwards. Correct. He's part of the famous Cloak family with dad David and brothers Travis and Cameron also playing AFL. Mm. Name all the sides they played for. Port Adelaide, Collingwood, Richmond, Carlton. That's four. Have I missed any? Greg Williams touched the umpire in 1997, by the way. Okay. Well, sorry. Sorry I was a couple of years out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gold Coast? I'm, I'm out. I'm, that's all I've got. Bits. Collingwood? Yeah, I said that. So, David? Yep. And Travis? Yep. Jason, Jason yep. and Cameron all played for Collingwood, right? The four of them. Yep. So we had that. So David won a premiership with Richmond. Yep. We said Richmond. Cameron went to Carlton. Yep. Got that. And Port Adelaide. Yes. Travis went to the Western, Western Bulldogs. Bulldogs. He did late. I knew that. Ugh. Very close. 80%, right? 0427 Josh says, what would Bix find more impressive? Back-to-back five-by-five games in the NBA or a weather presenter accurately predicting the weather for the day? <laughs> That's a conundrum, Josh. All right, come down we go. Victor Wembenyama. He joins us next on SENSA. Breakfast with Mark Bigley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. 14 minutes to eight. Good morning to you. SEN SA Breakfast. Darcy Byrne Jones from Port Adelaide will join us after eight o'clock this morning. And your text 0427 154 166. We are here thanks to Tire Power Save Big Time on Falcon All Terrain Tires. Bix had the pleasure of going to Westlakes yesterday and to meet our next guest, who is a bubbly young man who's looking forward to hopefully getting a game for the Crows in 2024. And what I like most about our guest is we, we've got a very similar taste in music, which is, really? which is very good. I'm not talking pink, I'm talking <laughs> Scottish singer Paolo Nutini. He's a big fan, and I'm a big fan. I know, Bix, you don't like music or anything overly exciting, but I want you to listen to Paolo Nutini, and we can talk about a little bit later on. Um, But he's here to talk about football, not Paolo. Carl Gallagher, welcome to Adelaide, and thanks for joining us. Carl? (laughs) It's not... (laughs) I'll try again. Carl, thanks for joining us. 
No problem, lads. Thanks for having me. Uh, our pleasure. Hey, Carl, can we start where it all began for you? Obviously, you're in Ireland. Uh, what sparked your or spiked your interest in Australian rules footy? When did you become aware of it? Yeah, so at the very start, it would have been just I would have been playing with my county team back home in under-18s competition. And lucky enough, I was a part of a good team back then. We got to, so it would have been the All-Ireland semi-final. And lucky enough, there was scouts at the match that first approached me to do a European combine down in Dublin. And that was back in 2019, I believe. And at at uh, the combine, Hamish was there. So that was the first I heard of Adelaide Crows and... The first time we got chatting to Hamish about the opportunity. Mm. Hamish Ogilvy, of course, head recruiter for the Adelaide Football Club. But but when I think about you playing your national game, uh, which is Gaelic footy, and then someone says, we can take you halfway around the world, what was the attraction for you? Has it been the fact that you know some of the great Irish players had come across to Australia already and, and it was exciting? Yeah, definitely. It always would have been something that I heard about. I would have lived closely to... I would have been in the rival football in Kentucky, but I wouldn't have lived too far away from Conor McKenna mm. and them boys. So you would have obviously seen him and Conor Glass. I would have played a lot of schools competitions that I would have been watching when I was younger. And I probably would have been like, that's something I'd love to do myself. Because it was big news when Conor McKenna and them boys, they were probably top of their top of their age group in the country. And when they decided to go to Australia, of course, it was probably on your mind to someday I'd love to give that a go myself. And then, of course, you uh, you mentioned in 2019, you go to a combine, you you get under the eyes of some of the recruiters from Adelaide, and then COVID-19 hit, so everything sort of went back to a standstill. Yeah, definitely. So I was meant to go out to Australia and try with a few clubs, one or two clubs, uh, the next summer, because I had exams, and then we did the combine in November, December time, and by... February, March time when I was getting started to get looking forward to it, COVID came and it took an end to all that. Mm. So we pick up now. So this is all finished now. COVID's over and, and Hamish gets back in touch. He convinces you to come out. You've arrived just after Christmas. How have you found the transition and the training? Was it everything you expected or is it harder or not quite so hard? Yeah, definitely. So, Hamish got back on to me at the end of my footy season back at home and asked would I like to come for three weeks just to get a taste of it before Christmas. So the first day I landed was the first day of pre-season. So I was pretty nervous. I didn't know what. I heard a lot about the Australian rules football pre-season. So it was it was tough, but got through it and I fairly enjoyed it looking back on it. It was great. When you make your way over to a country like Australia, Carl, do you connect with players like Connor? Um, you know, over um, the past couple of decades, we've had some incredible Irish players represent um, the AFL system. So do you, do you get much education on the players who have come before you? And then when you make your way over here, you really make sure you connect with um, your fellow countrymen? Yes, yeah, so I was lucky enough. Uh, Mark was over here, so Mark... He was just massive help. Like that was the the biggest thing coming over him. He was here, and I would have met up with him before I came over in Ireland to do a few sessions. And I also would have met up with Marty Clark mm. for Collingwood down footballer back home, and he was brilliant. So he takes Irish lads over there who were looking uh, at this as a career. 
he takes them over and we do training sessions for the day and stuff like that. We might do half of it with the Gaelic football and then we do the evening half with the Australian rules football and that was massive. And yeah, definitely you would have messages from other uh, other young lads especially. I would have been chatting to the was two boys who went to Carlton, Rob Monaghan, so we would just be back and forth. We actually met up uh, over in Melbourne, so it's very nice of them boys and of course... There's a, there's a big group of Irish boys over there, the likes of Zach Tui and all and uh, Conor McKenna also. So, yeah, there's a big Irish contingency over here this, this year. What's the hardest part of the game for you to learn and your biggest growth opportunity when it comes to a skill set? Because athletically, we know what you can do. But then when it comes to kicking the football and, and learning more skills and, and uh, I guess, nuances of the game, where do you see your biggest growth areas? Yeah, definitely. Like you see a lot of the boys who have who've had success, a lot of the Irish boys over here, they don't they keep some of the Gaelic skills with them. You see likes of Conor McKenna and Zach Tui, them boys kick around their body a lot and stuff like that. That's what we do back home. So definitely that. I'd like to keep keep a lot of this stuff that I learned back in Ireland and introduce it to the game. You see a few tricks by Conor McKenna and them boys, which is good. But yeah, definitely. I'd say the kicking, the kicking probably is the toughest, toughest skill because you need to hit it fairly dead on. It has to be. You don't want to give boys loopy passes and stuff like that. Could end them in a bit of trouble. So definitely, yeah, I want to bring a bit of my Gaelic skills into it, my kicking around the body. And I enjoy enjoy practicing and getting better with the Australian rules football. It's a lot of fun learning a new game as well at times. So you're going down to the very bottom and you have to work your way up, which which would be fun. Yeah. Carl, um, there are some similarities between Gaelic football and Australian rules football. The biggest difference is the physicality. You can't tackle in Gaelic footy. How have you found the transition? You've done some match sim. You've done, you know, other training. That that physicality, have you you come to terms with that yet in terms of people, you know, tackling and jumping on you every time you get the footy? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit different to back home. But there is a lot. There is a, yeah, as although you can't as over here tackle them rip them to the ground over there you can hit body on the shoulders and stuff like that mm. but yeah definitely the first few times I got let's say tackled pretty hardly I looked around and thought what in the name <laughs> of God is this <laughs> what about what about yeah, some shout something at them and then you realise this is the new norm get used to <laughs> what about teammates who might have helped you through the transition we, we expect that Mark Keane who who helped uh, you when you come across and he's a fellow countryman. What about some of the other players? Who have you who have you made great relationships with? Yeah, definitely. I'd say out of the younger boys, Max McElhinney, he's playing in a similar position. I'm trying out in the halfback at the minute. So it's great to just watch footage with him and ask him. He's my go-to probably for a lot of the questions. We all know how talented he is and at such a young age as well. It's great to see. But other boys that would have helped me a lot with my kicking and just sort of things, pointers would have been Doss, Jordan Dawson has been very good. And Lachlan Murphy, he's been very good as well. Like mm. just little things after training. I do a lot of my work with Andy McPherson. He's my assistant backline coach. And Marco Bello, they'd be the main boys I'd be going to just for just to work and just try hone in and all. They get the fundamentals right first. Uh, just before we let you go, Carl, currently in Dublin, it's seven degrees 
And in Adelaide at 4.30 this morning, it was 34. How are you handling the transition to the Adelaide summer? Because I'll be honest with you, I hate the hot weather. So I would much rather be in seven degrees at the moment. Has the novelty worn off of an Adelaide summer for you yet? No, definitely not. Absolutely not. So the poor boys back at home will be getting Snapchats to go on the train in the dark and low four and five degrees and stuff like that. No, absolutely not. I'm loving the heat. I'll wrap it all up. Can't be complaining about that. <laughs> well, just take care of your skin because Mark Bickley, my co-host here, who is a two-time premiership captain of the Adelaide Football Club, I've never seen a more pasty-skinned human mm-hmm. being. So just stay sun smart, all right? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to work on my tan, so I'm a bit to go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that, Carl. Hey, uh, we are going to follow you very closely. It's, it's such a great story when you travel halfway around the world and try and make it at a super competitive elite sport. Um, we, yeah, we wish you all the best. And as you said, we'll take a keen interest in you. Thank you very much, lads. Thanks for having me on. Carl Gallagher joining us there from the Adelaide Crows. And, and Bix, I, I reckon sometimes when we see someone of his calibre come over to Australia to play AFL, we say, okay, great. There's an Irishman coming over here. Fantastic. But then you, you research into his Gaelic career as a young Irishman. Mm. My goodness, this made massive news over in Ireland, over in Europe about his decision to come to Australia because of the impact that that has on his Gaelic team. So he's, he's got a huge amount of hype about him in regards to what he was playing before. Now yeah. he's got to transition to AFL. It'd be like if Harley Reid decided I'm going to go and try out the NFL. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. So it's a you know hot, huge prospect who's lost to their sport. But at the same time, it's um, um, the Gaelic stuff over there is uh, not professional. So you get an opportunity to come over here and, and do it professionally, which I guess is the lure for a, for a lot of the Irishmen. But when you think about how hard it is, like think about if you're a – you know, a young footballer who's 14 or 15 years of age and you've grown up with the sport since you were five or six and you've just dreamt about playing AFL. Imagine, so Carl wouldn't have touched the footy till he was 18 or 19. And so he is coming from so far back and having to learn everything from scratch. Yes, physically, that's what captures the attention of the recruiters. They go over them, they see this explosive speed or they see someone who can run all day or someone who's a good size, who's got great power. So they do have that, those physical attributes, but learning the game, the nuances, the rules, the, all those little things that you pick up over years and years and years, trying to cram that into one, two or three pre-seasons is very, very difficult. So what, does he have to show Matthew Nix over the next two years to stay at the Adelaide Football Club? Let's just go with, and he said, honestly, he still needs to learn how to consistently kick a football, yeah. right? So he hasn't been recruited to kick a football, but he's been recruited on that word potential. And you mentioned his athleticism, which they've been looking at since 2019. So this mm. has been a, a four-year project, which COVID kind of stuffed up. So why he's, why is he at Adelaide? Well, they, they would look at... Um, like he's at, like speed and power is probably what they're looking at. And they would have a, a lens on how long it's going to take. They, they're not dreaming that he's going to play this year and he's probably not going to play a whole lot of footy next year. I wouldn't have thought. So what they need to see is a work ethic. They need to see his, his um, commitment to continually striving to get better. And if he does that over the next two years and stays really focused and, and driven to, to continue to improve on his game. I, I think he'll be extended out. What they're hoping for is in three years' time, let's say he's 25, 
Then you and he's now breaking into the side. You've now got a five-year player mm. potentially, and you think about Zach Tui and Jim Steins and Connor McKenna and some of those guys. You know, they become fully fledged. You know, very very good players, and if you can get five or six years out of a player like that, who's got that speed and run, they take the game on. You know, they that's the way Gaelic footy is. Because you don't get tackled, you try and evade and dodge and run with the footy. So I think that's what Adelaide are looking for. Uh, a text coming through zero four two seven one five four one double six. Costa saying, see so much talk about why Lockie Murphy's in the leadership group and that young lad, Carl Gallagher, just said he helps him um, so much and stays back after training to help him. That is leadership. So very good text. Just on leadership, Tim Silvers did speak about that. Uh, and, and it's the first time Tim Silvers has spoken about the leadership and then he went into it in a little bit of depth. And it was really around, uh, everyone said eight people in the leadership group and it sort of caught everyone a little bit by surprise. This is what Tim Silvers had to say about it. What we wanted to do was provide a bit more depth of leadership to show that this, this club is evolving. There's a bit of an evolution here and we, we wanted to bring on, and this was led by the players as well. The players voted, but it wasn't only the players, it was the coaches. There was a number of different stakeholders. It also had approval from the board. But we wanted to bring in some 22 to 26-year-olds who are going to be the leaders of our next sphere. Mm. So it's a, it's a changing of the guard. So they've, they've got a captain, which is Jordan Dawson. They've got three vice-captains, which is um, Brody Smith, so senior player, 33. You've got uh, Keys and you've got Riley O'Brien, who are both you know, featured in the top half a dozen of the best and fairest you know, for a number of times. And then you've got that next four down, which make up the leadership group, which is Murphy, Miller, uh, Fogarty, and one other who um, I'm just just escaping me at the moment. So there's sort of got it's sort of you know you got your leadership group which is at the top, but then you've got these sort of emerging leaders that are sort of coming below, which is that 20 to 24 age bracket that, that Tim Silver's mentioned. One minute past eight on SENSA Breakfast, um, Port Adelaide fans, Darcy Byrne Jones will join us next. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Three minutes past eight, been a big show. You can always listen to the podcast. If you're listening on the app too, you can have a look inside Studio Lumo. Uh, you can also message and call us directly. We just heard from Carl Gallagher from the Adelaide Football Club. Bix, now it is time to turn our attention to Port Adelaide, who take on the Dockers on Friday night at Alberton. Three games at Alberton in a row which is fantastic for the Port Adelaide faithful, the true believers, to go and see their side. Someone who is going to play a very important role at the club as he has been since his debut is Darcy Byrne-Jones. Good morning to you, DBJ. Now, showdown, the summer one's out of the way. Um, Fremantle Friday night, another challenge for the boys. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, a good chance to um, put into place what we've been working on in pre-season, so... Um, yeah, another chance to get ready for round one, and um, we're looking forward to it. Uh, g'day, Darcy. What about some of the key takeaways from last week? What did you uh, What did you enjoy about the game in terms of the things you you were hoping to get out of it? Yeah, I think it was a reasonably high quality game for yeah. sort of a February match simulation. Um, you know, another chance to to like I said, implement what we've been working on against an opposition. Um, you know, a team that you know has some talent. So. Yeah, we're, we're pretty pleased with, with how things went. It was reasonably high quality and um, something to work on moving forward. 
When you look at your forward setup with Mitch Georgiades coming back, the emergence of uh, Alistair Lord last year, um, Marshall Dixon, it's going to be hard to to fit them all in. You would think, and that's part of what you're you're looking at over the next couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, certainly. There's, we've got some talent there, and um, yeah, the emergence of of Lordy and having Mitch back in the in the team, um, fit and firing as well. It's going to um, be tough, tough spots down there, and everyone's going to have to work really hard to to stay in the team. And um, there's going to be pressure to perform, that's for sure. Uh, there's a few challenges when it comes to selection, Darcy. And you have a look at that forward line, as as Bic said, with Mitch Georgiatis, but also in the midfield. I'm sure it's a luxury to see Ollie step back into those centre bounces. Um, and, and this must be great on the training track to know that really uh, no spots apart from a couple are guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been been a pleasure to watch Ollie throughout the preseason. Um, you know, we all felt felt for him last year with the form that he had, and um, you know, he's a, he's a proud footballer, and um, he's having a great preseason. I'm sure he's going to have a great year. But yeah, like you said, it is it's going to be tough for spots in there as well. So you know, there's going to be pressure to perform, and um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see to see how we how we set up. But um, I'm really confident with with the guys in there and, and how they're going to perform. Now, Darcy, can you please apologise to Ollie Lord? I just called him Alistair. Alistair yeah. Lord, I've got I missed that. And right? I, I noticed that. Now, Darcy, you're being very respectful. <laughs> so just for, just for your knowledge there, um, DBJ, Alistair Lord is an Essendon-listed player, but yeah. also he's a former footballer who played for Geelong during the 50s. That's, now, right. that's, that's where I was going. Yeah, we weren't even thought of by then, so Bix's thought is going to do a throwback and bring Alistair Lord back well, into Alistair the Port was, Adelaide lineup. was playing when I was born, you see. Was, <laughs> but anyway, sorry well, about that. Hey, let I us think ask, there might be a relation there. Actually. I think he might be his grandfather. No, yeah. I think you're right. Mm. Um, let's let's talk about the high performance centre. You've had the opportunity now to head into three games in a row after the fan day. Um, I've, I've had a look at that facility, mate. How incredible is it? Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's um, been been a long time coming. You know, personally, there was talks about it. Sort of, it felt like ten years ago. So uh, to be in here, it's great. Um, yeah, we've just got so much more space than, than what we've had previously. And, um, you know, there's no excuses now, I guess. Mm. Um, you've been endorsed again as the, the vice captain, um, which is a, a great, Philip, uh, for you. But it's an interesting one because you play such a selfless role. You're now playing this half-forward role, which is almost the hardest position on the on the ground to play. How, how have you sort of reconciled that in your mind? Because so often you're doing lots of stuff that doesn't get recognised by the man in the street clearly held in high regard by your teammates who, who know what you're trying to achieve. Is that something that's been difficult or you're very comfortable with it? Um, you know, I think we're really good internally at um, recognising who's mm-hmm. doing doing their role well and playing their role well. And, you know, you might not get the external plaudits, um, but yeah, internally yeah, everyone's really appreciated for, for what they do. And, um, you know, we've got a great, great culture around here and, um, you know, a great bunch of, of coaches that, you know, really put an emphasis on making sure that everyone feels like they're part of the team. So, um, you know, that makes it easy to to focus on your role. And, you know, it's a role where you probably don't get, um, you know, the touches and, mm. and that kind of thing to make you feel good. So um, it's important to, to recognise the blokes that are doing it well because um, it is an important role in the team. Connor spoke yesterday as the new skipper about the internal belief that um, you should be trying to make a grand final and potentially win a grand final. Can you talk us through that 
internal belief and I guess the, the learnings and the growth that you took out of how last season ended and how you've used that to motivate um, the boys and the playing group for 2024? Yeah, I mean, it, it, for, for me personally, it's really easy to, to have that, that internal belief and, and that belief in the group. Um, when you come and train with these boys um, every day and, and see the talent they have, uh, it's easy to believe that, that we can achieve what we want. Um, obviously, last year didn't pan out the way we liked, but um, in, in order to get, to get to that final day in September, you have to give yourself an opportunity to get there. So, um, you know, we're really proud of, of finishing top four and, and, you know, that's something we're going to be looking to be doing again this year and um, giving ourselves the opportunity again um, without the fear of failure to, to achieve what we want. And logically, it looks like you've improved the areas that you did fall a little bit short in, whether that be some size in defence or some depth in the ruck. Those were some of the areas that you you needed to improve upon. You've done that, so that must give you confidence as well. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, the, the guys that have come in have done a really good job so far and we're really confident that they're going to add to us and, and add to the mix that we have and, and provide some... Um, you know, something that we didn't probably have last year um, and, you know, take us to the next level, hopefully. Well, Darcy, it's the most exciting time of the year, isn't it? Well, almost. You've got one more game to get out of the way in terms of preparation and then you you hit the season proper. It looks like being a great year for Port Adelaide, so we wish you all the best. Thank you very much for having me on. Darcy Byrne-Jones joining us there on SENSA Breakfast. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. I've tried to over the past five days, Bix, have a look at the 22 that will face West Coast in Mm. round one for Port Adelaide. It's a challenge. It's a challenge because there's not many changes from the side that played the Giants in the semi-final last year. Um, But they they certainly need to bring some players in. So they're going to have some issues with Sam Powell-Pepper. We'll find out what happens tonight. Whether Charlie Dixon plays round one. Trent McKenzie hasn't played for the past couple of weeks. So um, they're going to have some forced changes, but it'll be tough. Well, I think so that in my eyes, the area where they fell down last year, I I thought they ended up playing injured players in the final because they just didn't have the depth to bring other people in. So, so McKenzie, we saw a bit of a squirt of him last week. So, you know, he's always, if you looked at his last 18 months, he's just a bit banged up and he's probably getting towards the end. He's not as resilient his body as it was at the start of his career. So now you've got Zerk Thatcher, you've got Radigali, you've got Ali, you've got Burton. So they've got some depth through that area. And I think Scott Lysette was just really battling mm. physically last year. And you've brought in two guys in Sweet and Soldo to be able to, to match that. So um, that to me gives them a really good chance. And it, it, not to mention the improvement of, I think, Jason Horn Francis. He's a premier, he's going to be a premier player in the AFL and he will pop at some stage, whether we've saw glimpses of it, we've seen it for one week or two weeks, but he will have a moment like Zach Butters did. Yeah. You know, it took him three or four years, but Zach then went on a tear and he's now in the top 10 players in the AFL. Jason Horn Francis will do that at some stage between now and two years time. 12 minutes past eight on SENSA. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au.
27 minutes past eight. It's been such a big show on our socials today on X, on Instagram at 1629SENSA. Not only can you have a look at the Mark Bickley top 10 AFL players, um, but also my top five Adelaide Oval moments. Pink snuck into the top five picks. It's been a big list day today, hasn't it? Big list day. You can grab all of that on the podcast. We did have a text coming in from Josh, 0427154166. Said uh, Pink's daughter singing on stage, Walsh's daughter calling Bix a loser. Been a big fortnight for the kids. Yeah, just doing it for the kids. Mm. Mark, you loser. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, Rain's going to have to live with that. What do you mean? Calling you a loser? Yeah, that's it. You got none out of five. You did well in Quick Bix today, though. It was the um, tribunal edition because Sam Powell-Pepper will be off yeah. to that tonight to find and, out what happens. And uh, Brett sent a text. There must have uh, I must have missed it before. He's talking about um, uh, Carl Gallagher about how he's got a broad accent. Is interesting, isn't it? Like, just just shows coming from one side of the world to the other and trying to make a fist of it. So much of a culture shock as well. Training in the heat. Seven degrees in, where's he from? Dublin, did you say? Mm. Mm. It's amazing to hear. And if you want a reminder of how old we are, you chat to some of these players that um, I, I spoke to some of the boys yesterday and I was trying to talk about something that happened in the year 2000. And I said, I'll put up your hands for those of you who were born in the year 2000. None of them. Mm. What's that song about the year 2000? I don't know. You're telling the story. What is it, mate? In the year 2000. Silver chair. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Year 2000, I think it's called. That's, that's what I said. What's I think that? it's anthem of the year 2000. Yeah, there you go. And they weren't even born. Yeah. So there you go. We are old, officially. You like silver chair, do you? This is interesting. Well, no, it's just, it just popped into my head. Yeah. I asked I asked them, do you know Mark Bickley? <laughs> that's, this is a scary question. This is all the young Adelaide players. Yeah. You're doing a... Well, the most recent premiership captain for the Crows is Kyle Cheney, AFLX. Mm. That's all right. Well, I'll be like Bobby Davis. <laughs> he went about... Or Alistair Lord. He went about <laughs> 60 years, Bobby Davis. It's been a big show. Adelaide is... Um, Adelaide's quite warm today still, and the cold weather is coming in, so prepare for the cool change. Have a listen to the podcast. We are back tomorrow with a huge Thursday edition. Bix, have a good day. I'll catch you tomorrow. Got our top eight tomorrow.